Okay, so for this episode, we got one of my maybe all-time favorite, not just real estate agents, but people in general. So this is one of my good friends, Mark Trevino. Mark's been with, I met him through the Perry Group. It's been almost two years at this point. Mark's been with them kind of every step of the way as they've grown to be one of the top teams here in Utah. And so it was a lot of fun just sitting down with somebody who I consider a close friend within the industry. Um, and I wanted to try a couple different things on this episode. So we actually ended up calling in Mark's mom and doing a segment I like to call Mom's Reviewing Reviews. And it was kind of something fun that we did on the fly. I've met Mark's mom before, and she is every bit of sweet that you can think. And then we also had Adrian Mako, who's one of Mark's very close friends, both professionally and outside of work, come in and tell us a little bit more about who Mark is. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode and get to know my friend, Mark Trevino. Hey, thank you for having me on. Hey, I've been waiting on this call. Dude, of course. Like, it's... uh. We, we knew who we wanted to get. Like, I, I kind of hit a bunch of friends really quickly. Like, those were kind of the first couple of guests. Sure. And so going from there, I was like, okay, now I want to start meeting new people that I've never <laughs> talked to, see if this idea still works. Right. And now it's just kind of like, okay, this is going. We love the direction that it's going. We're just going to start interviewing the people that we know, right? And, and so we're having a lot of fun doing it. We're dumping a ton of content out right now. It's been, yeah, it's been crazy. So what do you think's been the, I mean obviously the biggest benefit, but like, what are you getting out of it? And not only you specifically, but you as the person who's going to sit here. Um, so content creation for me, like the, the direction that it's kind of taken me, I would say is like it, it, I have to, I had to create something that was generating content, but I don't know how to cut. I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to, so I had to put a couple of things like into place, which is why you see the setup that you do, because that's the only way that I can, that I can kind of, go down this road of like, I have to have all of these things in place because I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to cut. I don't know how to do those things. So we kind of built it with that in mind. And it's, um, it's been a lot of fun just to try to create as much value as we can for our guests, which is, I, I don't think there's a ton of podcasts that like, that's their goal, but I, our goal is genuinely to help you sell more houses and the content that we're putting together is for that. Right. How comfortable were you creating content before you started? Um, it just depended. Like I wasn't, I had like probably normal fear of like getting in front of the camera that lasted like the first time, sure. which is why, like, honestly, like when we, when we go and shoot with Matt cash, um, I will tell people like rip through this one time, like rip it. You've heard me say this to people because <coughs> you've shot with us before, right. but I just tell people get the first take out of the way. Don't stop. Just keep going, fumble through it. But like, you have to get to the end and realize that like, it's not that scary on that very first take. Right. And, and then you're kind of going from there. Right. And that's like, like, but that's a really good question. Like that's part of what has like changed with our process, even just interviewing for the first month. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I realized like when I was interviewed Adrian for the first time, I looked back and I was like, dude, I was so stiff. Like I was so <laughs> nervous. And like, even I put this table in here and my wife goes, ah, it might not be the right mood. And I'm like, why? She goes, cause people are going to put their foot up on the table. And I said, bet. Right. Like I said, okay, like that's the vibe that I want. Like I, I want this to be uh, the content creation has always been geared now. Right. This is, and this is like the focus, but it has always been geared towards creating content that is, is, is good for the people that I have on my show. Right. right. Which are my clients ultimately. Sure. Right. So it's just trying to create as much value for the clients that I have on the show as I possibly can through content creation. Sure. So what do these next steps look like? <clears throat> or is it, is it still in the works where we can't talk about it? Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of things in the works that are 
a lot of fun. We've had brands and we've had a couple of different people reach out to us. And and the direction that we're taking with uh, at some point doing advertising is that they're going to be somehow involved with the show. Like I, there's not going to be a way for us just to like, I, I'm not going to sit here and read a, a four minute script about why you're as great as you are. But if you want to come in, sit down with us, we got an extra seat, come in, get uncomfortable, like but I might ask you a hard question. Like we're going to have some honest conversations, but, but the, the goal with, with that is bringing on brands that we believe in within the real estate community, right? Like if, if you know a good title, like just vouching for different people in the industry that we would say, Hey, even if you don't buy a house from us, these are still a great resource for you. Like those are the brands that I want to work with and help create content for them as well. So if you're, if you're, if you've ever wanted to advertise, now's a great time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's when you look at everything that's going on, it's just kind of like your drip campaigns. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're well, just able uh, to that, touch everyone just to let them know without asking, hey, you looking to buy or sell a house or, hey, remember me over here. It's just like, oh, yeah, like that. there's Mark. Well, oh. yeah, and I, I like I, I think that's what's been a lot of fun about focusing on the social media side and the content creation side is that, like, we don't have to be in a room to have a relationship at times, right? Like you can, right. you can give, like, very personal information. Like you can make people still feel like they're a part of your life without being there. Yeah. Right. And so that was kind of my focus with with doing this is that like you could build a relationship quickly, watch their content go, watch it kind of explode for them and watch them get a couple thousand views on different clips that they had from our show and, and kind of build that relationship and start networking that way. Yeah, I mean, isn't it also I think it's kind of cool just to see like do people will become fans of you even if they're just peers in your industry. Right. But if Dude, I like I am so stoked like the numbers and stuff that we're getting back, like who's listening, where they're listening from, like it has been it has been very, very different than I thought it would be 30 days ago. Yeah. And even the people in the industry, though, like other agents will yeah. be fans of like, hey, man, I see what you're doing. Keep doing your thing. Yeah. yeah. And I it, it, <clears throat> it always goes back to for us, right, is, is how do we create agent or, or how do we create value for the real estate agents, right? Because that's ultimately my client. And that's I, we've known each other for three or four years at this point. Yeah. And that's you know, that that's always like been my focus. Sure. Content creation is just like the new way of doing that for me right like helping with content creation helping create clips helping do those things for people like that's that's me trying to create value for the people that i work with yeah you're n you're no longer like that's what this is if you tear everything down right and you look at what what it is that, that's ex it, it's a lead generation tool for me honestly yeah there's gen there's genuine i feel comfortable value. saying that to you because you know that like yes like i i want you to help bring me buyers right like you know that that's <coughs> ultimately what our relationship is right like if we're like just boil down to what it is I get very crystal clear on who your client is and figure out how to spend time with them in, in, in a unique way that creates value for them and, and you're off to the races. Yeah. I think it's just like a honest, like a straight value exchange, right? Like from the standpoint of, Hey, if you work with me, I'm not just your agent that knows all the floor plans and the pricing, the weekly pricing over at edge. It's like, no, I can, pro I can provide you all that stuff, but I can also provide you, this other side, which will reach to that much more people. So like there's a v genuine value exchange compared to just, Hey, are you the edge agent that can help me get this done? Well, I think the beauty <coughs> of, uh, like behind, like what some of the after effects are of creating content is just like brand awareness. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having to come in, like you remember how I used to do it, right? Cause of the way I called on like the Perry group, what I was in their office for sales calls with, with drinks on my back. Like we were, <laughs> we had you guys up to the house for dinner. We had like, there was a lot more hustle, right? There was a lot more quote unquote putting in the time when I was trying to establish our, our relationship at first. Right. 
this for me though is like a unique way where I can kind of demonstrate what I do and the value that I create. And if that works for you, great. If not, like this is this is who I am. Like this is my goal. This is like what it will always be. Right. And content creation like allowed me to kind of show that off a little bit more. I love it. Just highlight, right? Gary Vee says document over create. Right. You're not trying to create everything. You're just trying to document. Like I'm all that I'm doing now is just documenting what I was doing three years ago, bringing Red Bulls right. into your office for cold call season. Still agents, still drinks. Yeah, it's still, still like, it's still, the, yeah, like there's still, it's funny to look back because there's still like very, like I still do a lot of similar things. Now it's just, it, you can expand that reach a little bit more. For sure. No, that makes sense. Well, what are you, I, we don't like, that's 10 minutes. Good gracious. Okay. Well, that, sorry. That went longer than I was expecting because it's, uh, it's <coughs> always fun when we have somebody in the show that like we know and that we're comfortable with and that like we, uh, that we know is a top producer and we're just excited for people to get to know. So like super excited to have you on the show. Hey, like I said, I've been waiting on this call, man. I think, you know, obviously again, like I said, people that are agents, myself, you become, become fans. And I was already a fan from the beginning. I got to be part of those. Hey, if I did this company, like, what do you think about it? Like, yeah. You had, those you were an early person that I was calling. Just like, dude, brainstorm this with me and tell me if I'm crazy or not. No. Yeah. I mean, this is something that, like I said, this is something that you can, build and continue to like people will always be hey go check out my episode or hey here are my thoughts on this it's just like you said the documentation piece of life i mean you go to a concert now at, if you look in front of you in front of you everyone has their phone recording the same thing that they're watching yeah. right now i mean we're just in a documentation world yeah it's kind of where we're at so <clears throat> i think it's pretty badass well you've doing. been you've been licensed for how long now Got my license in October of 2019 and closed my first deal of January 20. Okay, okay. So, so that was quick. Yeah, it took me. Do you a have any idea how many deals you've done in like those two and a half years? Oh, 40 plus. Yeah, yeah. 40. You're with. Tell us a little bit like about your team stuff like that because we've had a couple different people from your team on so far. Yeah, so I'm with obviously with the Perry Group. Uh, we're with Real Broker now. Uh, we just made that switch over just a little few months ago. Uh, I've known Michael actually for a pretty long time. So a girl I used to date was friends with. Uh, his wife and so we went on a double date and we started talking sports immediately and from there we've we were just always been friends like just always been super tight so i would say that michael's like that celebrity name that like <coughs> i drop when i'm trying to like meet new real estate agents that like i'm like hey like so do you know the perry group like i do a lot of work with them yeah. like oh like michael and i'm like yeah he, like, he's actually like my best friend and he totally answers my calls whenever <laughs> i call right <laughs> but what but, but Give us like one little insight. Just I, this cracks me up because like you know him really, really well. Sure. What's one thing that people don't really know about Michael? I don't. Think Let's he, go professional too. Like what? What would you say that like prof you know him on a friend level? But I, 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 let's not even get into that. Like professionally, somebody that's getting ready to work with the Perry Group, either to buy or sell, or on the opposite side of a transaction. Who is it that runs the Perry Group from a professional standpoint in Michael Perry? I think the biggest thing that like uh, maybe a lot of people don't see if you're not in our meetings is the care for everybody. It is so important to him. Yeah. Uh, I, there's so many examples that I, I could say, but I don't, don't know if I can. <clears throat> I think the biggest thing is he cares about the person who just came on the team that he wants them to be successful like some of the top producers on the team. Like He genuinely wants that for you. He's going to give you every opportunity to do that. I think he, uh, 
he is as competitive as anyone yep. that you that you'll know, especially if you're kind of hanging out outside playing any doing anything athletic. But you can really see that come when when he goes out and does his thing. He's always kind of willing, always been willing for me to open up and talk about experiences because sometimes in this business, you know, you may not have worked with that million dollar client before, and that could be an overwhelming thing, right? So he's going to provide that insight, and and if you really get the chance to get to know him, it'd be pretty fascinating to realize like how data driven he is, like how much time he spends on the MLS. Like, the amount of time that is put into his business is crazy. Exactly. Outside of just selling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, like, the one thing. I was having this conversation with someone earlier. I didn't really realize, like, what being a real estate agent meant when I started. Like, I knew, like, we helped people buy and sell homes. But, like, all the detail that goes into that is is one of the most unique things. And if you're doing it correctly, right, you're spending your a lot of your day preparing, getting stuff out, operating on your systems, getting things ready, and then in the evenings is when you kind of go out and do your thing. Or on Well, you weekend. got so you got licensed two and a half years ago. <coughs> mm-hmm. What were you doing three years ago? So I was working for a private equity real estate firm here in Salt Lake. Originally from Houston? From Dallas. Dallas. Parents live in Houston now, but we're okay. like a huge Texas family. So Does your mom remember me? Yes. She's my favorite, I think. Yeah, oh my gosh. She's Will you send me her phone number after this? Because I want to <laughs> have her I want to have her phone number just in case. Hey, we, yeah, we should, we should have just called her. Yeah, we should have. That's our bad. <laughs> Yeah, she's the best. Like, my mom's phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, so when I was 12 turning 13, uh, my dad got opportunity to be a CFO for the first time. And uh, that was an amazing experience. So I think he kind of finessed us. <laughs> he brought us out during spring break, yeah. like skiing at Deer Valley, and was like, hey, this opportunity is on the table. Would you all like to live here? And I just, I'm on a vacation skiing. He's asking you in Deer Valley, yeah, yeah, like, ne- hey, what ne- do you think of <laughs> this is our seen, new home? Yeah, never seen snow. And he's like, could you live out here? <clears throat> also, when you're 12 years old, you don't hold as much weight. In well, and anywhere that you would go on vacation, you're probably like, yeah, this is better than my boring ass house at home, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we kind of took the opportunity to move out here. So that was my first introduction to Utah in general. So graduated from Park City High School in 2013. And then. What was your GPA? In high school, it's probably like a three eight five. What'd you get on the ACT? Twenty five. Mark, good for you. I'm smarter. What'd than you get? Twenty four. I'm smarter than I look. It's kind of like what I like to say. But what do you think I got? GPA? No, I don't even remember that because that was like last. Year. I don't. I was not good. Your at ACT? School. Yeah, ACT. What do you think I got? I'm gonna give you like a. Be generously bad. I'm gonna give you a twenty one. Like I'm, you're in the twenties. Yeah, but. If you're tell if you're telling me to be generous yeah. and bad, I'm gonna assume twenty one. Seventeen. <laughs> and he's speechless. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think you weren't capable or did you just not care? Like, were you genuinely like when you walked out that test, were you overmatched or were you just like, oh, I didn't even really try? Or was it just like a hard Dude, test? Dude, I don't for you? <clears throat> I'm not like I got a 25. Yeah. Right? So let's well, no, like I don't, like I don't that. care because I don't. I, I really like my opinion on school is like very fluid. Like you do what you want to do. If you're going to school as a, as a way to spend time because you're afraid of what reality looks like, probably going to be in the exact same spot four years later, regardless of what your degree says. Sure. <laughs> well, and like I've I've had these conversations with a couple of these younger creators' parents, and they're like, so like, are you anti-school? And it's like it, it's not that. 
No. I, I'm not necessarily anti-school because I, I, like I had somebody that tried to sue me a couple of years ago. I was very grateful that my attorney had his license, right? And mm -hmm. I was very grateful that he went to school for eight years. And I was very grateful for, for that. And I was very grateful for the doctor that delivered my wife's babies. I, but helping us get these, these kids here. And it's like, okay, like, yes, I am grateful that all of you in the room know what you were doing. And it's not me and Mark trying to do this. Sure. Right. And, and, and so like, I, I do think that there's a ton of value in school, but if you're going because that, I don't even know how to explain it. Cause like I said, it's not, it's not an anti-school. I think it's an anti-wasting time, right? Like I, I, I tried to do it, right? Like I tried to go to school. Like I, I enrolled, like, okay, let's just get brutally honest. I've never even talked about this publicly. So congratulations. So I graduated high school in 2011. I went and did summer sales for, I, okay, so let me back up a little bit. I barely graduated high school. Like it came down <laughs> to like one or two tests, like, and me asking and begging the teachers to like hook it up. Cause like I, and it, it wasn't because like, I, I, it's not a, it's not a sports thing. It was a, it was definitely at that point, like an, an application. Yeah. Mentality. Thing. Yeah. And, and for me, like I really struggle going all in on something that I don't see the value in. Sure. And, and, and at the time I really, yeah. And at the time I really didn't see the value in school in high school. And I, I, my dad was well off, but I don't, I don't think it's that, like, I thought I had a safety net, right? You know, you see the way I work. Like, it's yeah. not a, um, I, it wasn't, it, I had great parents. I could play baseball. Like, I, I had a really, really good upbringing. It wasn't an environment. It was issue. not an environment issue. Like, to me, I think it was just like, I, and I didn't understand that about myself at the time. Otherwise, I probably would have done something to find the value in it. Right. But like I was, I, and it's not even like the other thing, the other side of it too. I also don't want to say I was like this hustler, right? You like, you hear all these like CEOs and stuff on Instagram and whatnot. And they're like, bro, I was flipping garage sales <laughs> at seven years old. And I'm like, I, I, I was playing call of duty. Like I, <laughs> right. Like I, there's not, you were, you were getting through, like you were moving through it. At your pace. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think my biggest issue, and it's like I said, it was, you guys, this is all me. Like, this is all new talking to my therapist and all that has been huge. Right. Um, it, it was just like, I, I couldn't, I struggled to find the fun in working when I knew that like my income didn't like support the family. Like I, I so you're saying because you're only taking care of yourself, it wasn't so grand yeah like i think i had probably like a lot of independence and like a lot of footloose and fancy freeness that like i didn't realize at the time was was different right like the area that i grew up in was nice like i it was kind of like a young naive i, I and it bit me in the ass right i barely graduated high school wait, wait i wait, went hold on what was your first job ever like where you like where you got a paycheck, not babysitting or something like that. So I started, um, I started umpiring baseball <laughs> at like twelve or thirteen years old, like for the city leagues. And the way that it yes. happened, and this is like very indicative of my life. Um, I was at my little brother's game, the umpire because it's freaking city Travis league, like or Al? Uh, probably Al. Okay. Like you were umpiring. No, it's probably his Travis because Travis was eleven, so Travis would have been playing like kid pitch baseball at that point okay and i um the umpire didn't show up and i was just like no i know how to do that and they're like what and the, and i was like you guys pay these guys right and i knew that they were making 35 dollars a game and i was like 
No, I can do that. Yeah. For $35, I'll, I can figure out how to umpire baseball. Yeah, I remember that, dude. Like, so they do seven games in a day for 40 bucks each, and then... Dude. Well, yeah, and then this is, like, where I, I really started to see value, right, for me. I realized that I, if I was good enough, they would give me back-to-back games. So I would show up at, like, 3, and then it would be done at 9, right? So, like, I could just crank out, like, six hours, cool 90 bucks or whatever it was, and I was like, that's a good day, right? Like, that is a good day. And um, then I realized that, like, if I got really, really good, they would book me every single night. And I, then I realized if I was really, really good, they would they would pay me the – because normally they would budget for two umpires, right? One behind the plate and then one in the field. Correct. I realized that if I got good enough, they would give me, I, I think it ended, it wasn't the difference, but it was like they got to keep 10 bucks and I made like an extra 20 bucks or something per game if they didn't have to have two umpires there. If I was good enough to call all the bases, balls and strikes, keep in mind, this sounds like I'm like this this like noble like Super umpire <laughs> these were 10 and 11 year old kids right like let's call this what it was like yeah, was, the parents were a bigger pain in the ass than the players were right yeah. um and so that was kind of like the first time where i was like okay like just by and you know my approach to this business it has always been like i level up and get better so that you can do more right so that you can be more sure right and that that was probably the first experience with that i i think and so then i went to I went and got a job at, dude, we're talking a shiz ton about myself. I'm sorry. Ooh, I'm realizing me and you are kind of very similar right, right now. Like I'm, I take one, one class right now for, to finish my associate's degree. And I failed this one class last summer already. One single class. And this summer I'm, don't, I'm hoping my mom and dad don't watch this, but I'm like barely, barely going to pass. If yeah. That because <laughs> I'm like, I don't really see. I need to be doing this. I'm, I'm strictly getting a degree because it's like, so that my mom feels like I'm being smart and being responsible. The first time that I realized that somebody told me they're like, "C's get degrees," I was like, "Son of a bitch, you're right." Yeah. <laughs> like, but, <laughs> that was not a good expression for me to hear, right? You know the this video stuff. Like, I'll yeah. show up two hours early. I'll stay till nine because I care about it, and I'm like, "This is." You important. see the value in enhancing your exactly. skill set. Yeah. What I, th- I think that that's my school answer, right? Is that like, if you're going to school to enhance your value and to enhance your, your, your skill set, go. Like, but if there is a way for you to, to enhance your skills, get better in a quicker way than spending five or six years at a school, might not be a bad option. Sure. I mean, and like, it's not a, you can't ever go if you don't go now. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like if you really don't know, then it might be cool just to get a job and give yourself some time to like genuinely figure that out. Yeah. And if you're like, if you figure that out and you never have to go because there was opportunities in front of you, you got to take those. Well, I think that that's why <coughs> real estate has been so fun. Like it's been a lot of fun for me to invest time into it because I feel like it pays back multiple ways. Uh, the relationships that are gained, the, the financial side is unbelievable. Like there's so many, I, it's just, it's been a lot of fun for me. And like, I love what I get to do. And I think that I create a lot of value for the people that work with me. For sure. Right. What, what is it about real estate that you're like, okay, you're doing private equity stuff, right? Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, Okay, I, I want to start, and I, I know the answer, but we're going to go into this. You love people, I think. Like, you genuinely love getting to spend time with people. Yeah. So what was it that you were looking at? You're like, okay, I, I got to switch. I think it was a little bit of the type of work I was doing. I was behind the computer a lot, and 
you know, you, you underwrite one deal, you underwrite another deal. And then once you get into like the hundreds, you kind of start to feel like you can identify what's going to work and what's not early. Yeah. Just like with anything, right? The more repetitions, the faster you can get to the conclusion. Yeah. And I wasn't loving having to underwrite deals that I knew that we weren't going to buy for a, for a number of reasons, right? A lot of valid reasons, but we still needed the data. And when you're the analyst, you're the one that provides yep. the data. And I just wasn't, I just wasn't feel like I was getting enough of, I got a lot of the aspects of job, the job that I like. You probably were introduced like to the real value of real estate, right? If you're underwriting and looking at numbers and, yeah, I mean, and, and that's probably like just knowing you, right? Like I look at my time with first colony mortgage, I think was invaluable because it forced me to like slow down, pay attention to documents, look at numbers, look at interest rates, look at how that impacts on a purchase. Those are all things that I don't think I would have paid as much attention to in real estate because it's not like the side of it that I necessarily enjoy as much, right? Yeah. So you probably got like a firsthand experience into the, the value that real estate generates. Absolutely. And I think the the coolest part was is when I made the transition from the private equity to the residential, a lot of the skill set was able to translate as well. Life. I was still talking to brokers. I was still looking at pictures and listings. I was still kind of analyzing running comps, still trying to see like what an ARV value would be. What would an aftermarket forecast be if we held it for three to five years? Like there's a lot of stuff that I was able to translate. Now the asset is a little bit different. The timeline with which it moves is different, but the, the principles are the same though. The principle, I mean, like in order to get it done, there was still a due diligence. There was still obtaining financing. There was still a settlement. Everything was the same. You still had to have your LOI, still had to write offers. It was kind of all that same stuff. How long did you work there? I worked for that company for about three years because I did internships with them as well. So I did a okay. property management internship. I was leasing apartments. So I thought that was really phenomenal to see operationally what happened. Like you were selling the leases? Like people <coughs> going to the lease office and, and you're sitting there saying, hey, I'm Mark. Yeah, let me show you the two beds. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I was doing that. Were you good at it? I was good enough to talk to people and okay. make people comfortable enough. I wasn't, but I wasn't the... I'm not the guy that like probably gets a client and closes them extremely quick. I think my philosophy is kind of always, look, I understand this is like a big thing. And my real estate joke is, look, this isn't target, right? We can't return it if like we don't like it. And so I'm a fairly patient guy, which I think has maybe hurt me a little bit. But I also think it's probably my biggest strength is that I'm willing to be patient. But I also, I also don't feel like, of any home that I've ever helped someone buy or sell that I, that like they bought a home that they shouldn't have bought. Like it was always kind of one that there was no buyer's remorse. Mm -mm. And like they ended up in like the right place for the right situation. Right. From like what we started out to accomplish to versus like what, what we ended up getting them. The location has been different from where we originally thought sometimes. But like what they were looking for and why they were looking for it, we've always kind of been able to accomplish that. So what does that process look like for you to like actually break that down with them? Are you, are you going back to your, your leasing days or are you going back to like understanding where the emotion is at and why they're moving and where they're moving to? See, I think at the beginning of my career, I, I come from that accounting background. Yeah. I have an accounting degree. From the U? University of Redlands okay. in Southern California. Because I went there to tr- play baseball initially. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that's when I had the shoulder surgery and kind of just 
didn't come back from that the way I wanted to. But I ended up graduating from there. The and in when in real estate, right? You know, in real estate school, they teach you about like what the definitions are and what things mean, but they don't necessarily always hit on like what it's like once you're going. Just like college, like we were talking about before, like when you take the test and you get your degree and all that stuff, but then you go work for a big four accounting firm, that's all different than what you were yeah. doing in class. Same thing applied to here. So I think where that where that comes from is just, I used to think that going into every home, all I ever heard about negotiating real estate is probably what everyone else is here is go below the list price, never pay the list price. Like if you do that, you're, you're going to get taken it, advantage of it. It almost sounds like baseball superstitions at times. Mm-hmm. Like with people's like, with some of the stuff that they feel like they have to do before an offer or don't do before an offer. Like yeah. hey, my dad's one of them. Yeah. Right. Like he will not tell you like until a full contract is signed, he will, I, I have tried for years. Like he's like, Hey, I'm like what's up? He's like, Hey, we've got a new piece we're negotiating on. And I'm like, well, why, why the hell are you even telling me? Cause you're not going to tell me where it is. You're not going to tell me what it is because he was like, I, do you know the Michael Scott quote? Do you follow, do you watch the office at all? Of course. When he goes, uh, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> I gave that line to my dad and he is, he's like, yeah. Like, like just like how all of us felt when he said that you're like, ha ha. He's actually got a point. Like I, I'm not, yes. Right. And that's, I, that's what my dad realized. And he's like, okay. I, yeah, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious and, and he won't talk about it. Yeah. Right? But it's like, it, it's this fundamental belief that it has to be done like one specific way. Right. Yeah. And so going into it at the beginning of my career, it took me a little bit to understand how it works, just like with anything. Right. Yeah. But I just came out of a field where we'd have to underwrite and hedge everything. So, like, my mindset a little bit at the beginning was about that. Hedge everything. Was, like, trying to get it the best deal that you possibly could until I understood, like, what this job, I think, is really about. Because every single person that you talk to might be willing to pay a different number for a house, what it means to them, right? So, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And when someone really loves that house... Like, if they had to go five grand over, I mean, you remember those times where, like, going five grand over, ten grand yeah, over was, I, like, you almost felt, especially when it first started, you felt very slimy. Yeah. Like, said when, because the market changed, I, I would say the market at that point changed really quick to all of a sudden, yeah. it went from, you had, you had money that you could negotiate down on, and then it flipped really quickly to, it, there's multiple offers on this, and it was, a like consistent multiple offers. I mean, there were times where you could go try and negotiate that ten grand in closing costs. Yeah. Because people needed the deal to get done. Yeah. They had just been on the market for 30-something days. And they were looking to move on. Like, that was still a thing. So, but as I came in, things started to change, right? Because, like, in March of 2020, that's kind of when the world started to change. And then real estate moved faster. And I would say at that time, I was moving one step behind of how quickly things were moving and accelerating because I was still learning versus like the person who sits in front of you today as an agent. I like to use the analogy of I'm now that person that when you go to visit college that can give you the tour that can walk backwards because I know where the stairs are. Yeah. I know where the sidewalks is. I know where the things are. I've like walked the campus. Yeah. I've got to learn and understand what's going on. So like that's kind of the biggest difference was the mentality. 
And the mentality was like, your job is to help the per is help the person that you're working with or the people that you're working with get into the house that they want to live. So what surprised you the most when you made the switch over here? What was like the first like, oh, okay. Like it's, I, I think that the first time, like, like at least for me and, and Edge was, Edge is kind of an interesting one because I, I grew up, I mean, by the time I was 15 or 16, like this was like, this was it for me. Right. right. Like I, I, I think ultimately that's why I sucked at school. Cause I knew exactly what I was going to be doing sitting in this chair talking about edge homes. Right. Right. Like I, I think ultimately like I knew that that was like what I tried to fight it. That's why like we didn't get into it, but like I flunked out of college three times. Right. Cause I was like, no, I am going, no, I am going. And it just, it wasn't meant to be. Cause I think that this is where I was always supposed to be. Right. And I think when I walked into it, like it almost kind of felt like Disneyland to me. And then, and then I started talking to the other, world. yeah, like it was just, it was, it was, um, it was bigger than me, right? It was like, I, I, and I think that when I first started having some of these conversations with people, uh, with other edge agents that were 35, 40 years old, established in the business and hearing like what they, how they were operating, mm -hmm. I felt, I was like, okay, this is different than I thought it was. Like it surprised me like the level of intensity that my, and, and still to this day, right. You, you met a lot of edge agents at this point. Like there's a, it's a different level there, right? Like there's a level of intensity that exists on that sales team. And, and the, I, I wasn't ready for that when I jumped into this. Right. Right. But what, and, and I want your feedback too. Cause I, I think it's interesting because you, you had a good idea of what you were getting into. Right. So what was different? From the private equity to this? Yeah, just n not what was different, but what <coughs> surprised you the most? What what was like your like, oh shit moment? Like, oh, okay, this is. One, the the emotional side of being a buyer or a seller. Like I the never, weight of I, that? I've never understood, I never understood that. I've never done it. At that time I was 25 years old, right? Like. That was 2019. Up until 2017, I'd been in college, my, like yeah. in school. Like that's kind of what I was doing. Like I was in school, hanging out, doing my thing, getting grades and moving on. Versus, I think, that I honestly, I think the best part about this job or one thing I didn't realize that the biggest value was is that like you can, I'm not necessarily the most creative guy, but like you can be creative within within a space. Yeah. You can structure a contract a certain way. Like it doesn't have to be so uniform and dialed in and it can be a little bit loose or someone might be willing to pay five grand because like more because like this is where they want to live and that's the view that they want and they're going to be here and they don't care. And, I was trying and, to make well, I it think, fit perfect. I, I think what, what that allows you to do is just say, okay, they have this house listed at 500. That's the value. That's the value at. to my clients though is 510. The value to my clients for this specific house is 520. Yeah. I know that because I took the time with them, right? And then like now being on this side of the table, you start to realize like you might list that house at 500, but the value of the house is actually 525. Yeah. But you put it to the market at 500 for a specific reason. I think in my mind, conceptually, it was always like what they listed at was like the top value that they're trying to get, right? Because everyone, you hear everyone's trying to well, get and, top Well, and I think that that's like what switched for, for a year and a half was that market value was less than what the value to buyers was at times, right? Mm -hmm. it, and, and it was like the first time, that, at least in my career, that I had seen it. And I think some people just honestly saw it as like a leverage play. I think people just seeing like the value in money. Yeah. Right? I mean, when the rates are at 3%, some people are like, wait a minute, like, let me go try and get something better than 
this is my opportunity to go. You're going to need to unlock that for him. We got a guest coming on. Oh, yeah. We got Adrian Big Papa Mako. He's the man. First returning guest to the podcast. He's going to come and sit in in the seat. A little bit of background whenever he decides to poke his head in. Uh, so a little bit of background. We got Adrian. He was our second guest ever that we had on the show. And I want to, now that we have this third seat, I'm, I'm kind of in like a, an experimental phase where I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to use it. And I'm like, you know what, damn it. It's my show. I, I'm going to try out a couple of different things until I figure out what I want. So my idea is this for anybody that's listening at home, Mark and Adrian have worked very closely for the last two years. I would say shoulder to shoulder, kind of helping the Perry group go from being five or six agents in an office with Michael and Jack leading discussions once a week right. to 60 to 65 agents that are on pace for 750 to a, like, like you guys have, have absolutely crushed some numbers, built an unbelievable team really quickly. And I know that you two have been integral parts of that. And so we wanted to bring Adrian back on just to kind of talk through, cause I, we're going to transition just a little bit and we're going to get specific into what Mark's business looks like. And, and, and we've touched on it a little bit. But I think what makes Mark so unique is his ability to like emotionally connect with people and make it and, and help them see what's important to them, yeah. see what's not, and and kind of go from there in in almost an elimination process. Right. Through like it has it, it, the numbers are important, and I think that's where his background is important for him. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's about what does what does this purchase or what does this sale do for you? Right. Personally, can like I, on an emotional level, can I interrupt and tell one story? I already know. Oh, hundred percent. So before we start, since we have, my, I mean, Adrian's been one of my best friends in 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 real. Like it started off as real estate, but then it's obviously obviously kind of transitioned into just one of my friends. But you joined the team <coughs> how long ago? Two years, uh, right? It's been two years now. I was gonna yeah, say because like I that's why right when you and I met too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that I'm probably someone who like knows a lot of people, but, like who I actually hang out with and stuff is is kind of that circle's pretty small. Yeah. And so there I feel like in every like great friendship, right? There's always like that one time or experience that just elevates the friendship. Like you kind of just become like more boys after that. Maybe this friends. is a kids show. Keep in mind we uh Maddie and Cash. Maddie and Cash tune in. This is just a PG story. This I'm story basically just speaks to what you said. Mark is really good at connecting with people. Me and Mark, we became friends like pretty instantly. And yep. in less than a year, this story happened. So I'll let you tell. Before we get into that, will you turn your label just a little bit more towards the camera? We'd like to give a quick shout out to Liquid. I'm Thank just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, story time. So, you know, I got an invitation to Adrian's wedding. You know, but this is a year in less than a year, less than a year. Okay. Yeah. When like did you officially in. join? August 2020. 2020. Yeah. And then you got married in which month? March 2021. Yeah. So like literally a pretty quick turnaround. Good wedding. Yeah. Great. Good wedding. wedding. Great Good wedding. Too. I sat next to your parents, grandparents, parents. Yeah. yeah. They were cool. Yeah. It was dope. It was a beautiful wedding. Food was good. Had a really good time. Uh, so. I got, I'm invited to the wedding, like everything's cool. And then one day we have a meeting, right? This is before it's the wedding. How before soon the before wedding. the wedding? A week. A week, <laughs> a week before. <laughs> and he goes, he comes up to me. It's like four o'clock, right? Like four o'clock on like a Wednesday. This is a group meeting or this is just like you two, like, like, like a TPG type okay. meeting. And all of a sudden. I pull him aside. He pulls me aside and it goes, hey, um, we, had a, we had a spot open up for uh, my bachelor party. Would you like to come? 
And first of all, whenever someone asks you something like that, that means like, yeah, we're about to go have a good time. We'd like to have you there. So that that's a cool thing. We think you would contribute to the vibe. Yeah, like yeah. we don't think like, that you're going to mess I, I wouldn't have just invited anyone. Like I knew Mark would get along with yeah. everyone. Yeah, and so I'm like, yeah, man, like that sounds good. Not comprehending the fact that his wedding is next, the weekend after. Yeah. And I said, you didn't realize how soon this was. Like I just didn't put it together. You thought you had time. You didn't yeah. think you had seven like, days. I, I thought yeah. we were about to go to Wendy's, and he's asking me <laughs> if I'm about to go to the bachelor party. Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, man, like that'd be great. When? And he goes, Well, the flight um, is tomorrow morning at like nine. Stop. Ten a.m. I was like, Tomorrow at ten a.m. He's like, Where are we going? Miami. Miami. And I was like, You're really about to ask me to go to Miami tomorrow morning at ten a.m. Like I'm not prepared for this. Were whatsoever. you offended that he's just like, No, Mark, will have time. No, it was, yeah, like, I, was you, I know you thought hey, it. You're not doing anything tomorrow at 10 a.m. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, no shot. You got anything going from now-ish because right. no, you got to go pack. Yeah, the market, like through the weekend. The market's moving crazier than ever. Yeah. I'm so busy. And then he's like, hey, let's go to Miami. So I tell him to think about it, basically. So I go home and I'm, you know, two hours in. I'm just like, I can't. Like, I he just says can't. no. He, he texts me. He's like, dude, I appreciate it. Like, thank you very much for thinking of me. Like, I can't. So I'm at dinner with my friend. We're at the we're at the Ivy downtown, and there's a bunch of people. And then I'm sitting next to my my friend Sarah, and she's like, "Hey, um, I said, hey, like my buddy wants me to go. Like, look at these flights. Like, I shouldn't do it, right?" She goes, "Mark, you need to do this. You need to do this." And I was like, "You know what? You're right. I'm gonna do it." And like that was one of the coolest parts about real estate that I never. When I got, like I said, when I got into it, I didn't even know what I was doing, like, or like how it, you could even utilize it to your advantage. But if I'm working at the place that I was working at, there's no way I can just show up in my Well, end. transactions weren't that emotional, right? No, I'm just talking about just the flexibility yeah. in the schedule. Okay. What, so that's what I'm talking about was just like the leverage tool that real estate was. It allowed me to, on a few hours notice, go on a trip across the country where I was still able to work, we got a deal under contract while I was there, yeah. and that was led me to elevate my friendship kind of to a new level. Well, I so and this is going to be kind of an interesting conversation. I'm really excited to get your feedback because I think when you go out of town, if you're an agent and you're able to put a deal under contract and you're able to kind of still operate <coughs> without being there, this is like my progression. I would say was this: like I, you had to either get really, really good with systems so that people didn't yeah. know you were out of town. For me, though, I'm like. Y'all know me. That's that's not me. Yeah. Right? Like that that is never going to be me that has these systems in a place to manage everything flawlessly. But what I realized I could do is develop good enough relationships with people like Mark and people like Adrian. I said like, you know what? I got cash in the backseat of the razor right now. We're in the mountains. I really want to earn your business, but I'm out. Right. I had to have good enough relationships that I could go to you guys and you guys would be like, perfect, call me Monday. Right? right? And and so I, I getting into your business i think that that's probably says a lot about how you operate and what it feels like to work with you on a transaction sure. right so walk us through that a little bit more what do you think what's the what do you do with buyers what do you do with sellers like get into a little bit more about like what your actual systems or processes look like in, in your business now sure yeah i think because i think you you've built a business that highlights those things yeah i think the biggest thing that i try and do now is like tell my people the way to make this, I, I, I'll ask people, I said, how do you want this to go? And that's like a really kind of shocking question sometimes. I said, like, do you want to move super quick or like, are we genuinely trying to take our time? Start with the new icebreaker. Let's call Mark's mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
bless her heart. She wouldn't know what to do. Say, mom, you're on a radio show right now. She'll probably resonate with that more than like a pot. Like a she's gonna say, Mark, why didn't you mom, say this? Is a live why radio Why didn't you show? tell me? Like, mom, no one can say, see. mom, I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I'm using my lifeline. Okay, you gotta answer. Help me answer this question. <laughs> she would freak out. She would say, Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call your dad? Mom, I, I only have thirty seconds. <laughs> Just go. I don't care. I mean, I care about Cooper's doing, but we can talk about that later. Do you think your mom would answer? <laughs> yeah. Totally. 100%. Answer. If, if I called her? Nah, maybe. If I called her, for sure. What if I called her? Will you her? text her and tell her you're on a show and she's about to get a phone call very shortly? Yes, I'll do it right now. And then send me her number. Or just give me her number. Hold on, I gotta connect. Is the world gonna have my mom's number? No. What? I've never done this, so if it doesn't work, we're gonna... No, why, why would they post your mom's phone number? <laughs> Do you know where to find Perry Group? Like, general, do you know how to go? F- I need you to go find me a juicy five star review for Mark. Okay, yeah, I got you. And screenshot oh, and send it to do me. The, I got one that I'm certified to date this sister. That's a good one. That's my favorite. I'm not going to tell her who I am. Just watch. I got this. So, you, while he's working on that, walk us through a little bit more. Yeah. Your homie that you know really well from real estate. Yes. Gives you a 12 hour notice and says, Get your ass on the plane for my bachelor party. Absolutely. What is uh, How can you do that with buyers and sellers? Like, what what does that look like? Do you tell them you're on vacation? Do you try to play it slick? Like, what how, what is your approach to that? Yeah, I think, I think the communication, because I think people, like, they understand that you're real people. Or we need to at least educate them that we are real people. Right? And so, like, Amen. it is okay, right, if Amen. we take a yeah. trip. But, and I think as long as you say, hey, I'm going to be out of town, I will not be the one that's able to physically show you the properties. I already have someone set up that can take over for me. They know exactly what we're looking for. They're already set up, and I will still be the one making the calls and the negotiations. Just someone else will be there for you to facilitate what you're looking for. I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of just my style as an agent. If it's not the house that you like, then let's not offer on it. Yeah. You know, like I want you to live in the house that you want for two reasons. One, I'm not paying for it and I'm not living there. So I don't think I should be the one to tell you unless I see something structurally wrong with the property or, hey, just to make sure, like you said, you wanted this and this is different. You're sure you're okay. But it's not your job to put to sell them the house. Oh. It's not your job to be like the curb appeal on this house is No. Yeah. I think I think this I'm a, probably a little bit more and I don't know if that's the right or the wrong way to do it. But if it's a house that you want to live in, I feel like you're going to tell me. Yeah. You're not going to buy it because I made the granite countertops sound amazing. You're like it because you can see yourself cooking meals in that kitchen or having people in the living room at Christmas. You see what it does for your family to move into this house. Yeah. You see what, or not even just your family, but you see what you're, what you're actually buying, right? You see the life that, that comes with it after you sign everything. Exactly. And so, and that's, and that's one question that I ask people. I say, when, when I ask them, Hey, how do you want this to go? The second part to that, as I say, when do you want to be in your living room Saturday morning, sitting on the couch with your cup of coffee looking around and saying, like, I'm happy I'm in my new home. Like, when do you want that to happen? Because if it's May 
and you d- throw a big July 4th party every year and that's like your thing and you want to do it in your new house. Well, then we need to kind of get you closed. Like, we got to go now and you're going to probably have to compromise on a couple of things that you said were on your hit list. If that's like what we're doing. this. If for. the deadline is actually that important. Yeah. And if it's not, but like we shouldn't just buy something to accommodate a party. But if we find something that hits what you're looking for and can accommodate the timeline that you want. Because that even goes down to like the pre-approval process, right? How long those pre-approvals last. Do you set boundaries with buyers and sellers? Like I, this is something that I struggled with really early on. Like I wanted it so that, you, and we talked a little bit about this, but I want it so that if you guys ever reached out, you felt like I was always working if you were. Like that was like my thing, which was great if you're working with one other person. But when you have a whole bunch of people that call you at all hours of the night, my life became not my own really, really quickly. Yeah. And it like it took a lot of like focus like focused concentrated effort to to get comfortable enough good enough to not stress my phone go like if it's 6 30 or 7 and I, i'm spending time with the kids right do you set boundaries with buyers and sellers like that or or are you just like let's take it as it comes i kind of take it as it comes i mean i i know some people that have the strict rule at 9 p.m like they're not doing it if i'm sitting out on the couch and it's still like light outside and I know the answer to the question that you're asking me, I'll answer it. But I used to be that person that would get that text at 1145 and respond. I used yeah. to check my phone like twice a night, right? Yeah. It's easy to be when you're a new agent. I feel well, like yeah, so what do you think, why do you think, wh- it's really new agent Because I, well, and, and ultimately like the goal of this show is to help people thing. get hired. And, and I've, I've had a lot of fun like pointing out things that I think really good agents are okay with. I think really good agents are not always the ones that are always available. Right, they're the ones that have certain structures in place because that that's a show, that's a sign of their business being at a certain level, right? Right, that and I think it's about setting expectations with your clients. If you tell them it's you know by your actions, not just verbally, that it's okay to text me at eleven, twelve p.m. and I will respond, they'll get used to that, so they won't feel bad reaching out to you at that time, right? But if if they know that hey, after nine, I'm I'm not reachable until nine a.m. the next morning. You always have to be adaptable, so in case, unless there's an emergency, right? Well, that was like I. But nine out of ten times, it can wait till nine a.m. Courtney's been running all of the Mad Cash stuff, right? So she's taking in all of the requests, everybody that's wanting information. And I saw her emailing somebody back at like eleven o'clock the other night. I was like, it is so funny how quickly the turntables turned, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, like it. I, it it flipped really, really quickly, and I just told her I was like, "Hey, just friendly tip," because I'm not gonna tell her not to do that, right? Like I don't. Kill it him. doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't bug me. Right. Did your mom hit you back? Hold up. Yeah. She said, "Sure, oh lord." Okay. <laughs> well, let me let me finish that thought, and then we're gonna call. What's her name? Lorena. We're gonna call Lorena. I got an idea. Miss Trevino. Miss Trevino. Okay. Um. I, I would never tell her how to do it. I just told, like, my advice to her was, like, once you text that person back at 11 o'clock at night one time, that's the new expectation going forward for that relationship. Exactly. And I think that, like, that is such a valuable piece of advice that if I could give to any newer agents that are starting out, whatever you do, make sure that you are, like, those are your expectations. Like, that's how quickly people are paying attention to right. what you do. And I think I tell people, you can text me whenever. But it doesn't mean I'm going to respond. But, like, that again, to that point, I used to say that, and I would respond. Right. And now I just tell people, you can text me whenever. Like, you can always reach out. But if you're asking me to run comps for you at midnight. Hard pass. 
I can also get you that same information before you do anything else with it at 7.30 Send me your mom's number. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah. Can you guys hear it? Is this Miss Trevino? Yes, it is. Miss Trevino, my name is Boo Maddox. I'm with the Who's Your Agent podcast. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Mom, I'm don't doing sound good. All professional. Be she yourself. sounds so my, formal right now, huh? So nervous right now, Mom. Just be. He's, you. Before just we get be started, Miss Trevino, I want you to know he's not in trouble. I'm not under arrest he or did. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not as much as I think a mother would put on her son's head, but it's it's still a decent amount that I think is, is a fair market value. Yeah, fair market. I'm at least yeah. fair market value, Mom. Yeah, I'm not asking to pay a premium, but I'm at least fair market value. He he said that you would know his worth better than anyone. Oh no. So I, I hope no. Uh well I, I have Mark on my podcast and I'm wanting to do something just a little bit different with you if you don't mind. Um it okay. it's called Mom's Reviews Reviews. Okay. okay. So, so I, I have a, do you know Mark's friend, Adrian on the team? Yes. So yes. Adrian sent me over. I, I asked Adrian to find me his favorite review of Mark. And I want to read this for you. And I kind of want to get your review of this review of your son. Okay. <laughs> and I want you to wait till the end. Cause I think the end is probably where I want your feedback more. Yeah, no, this is a five-star review. Yeah, no, this is, this was a good review. It was hard. I don't even think we found a bad one on him cause he was so good. So that's why we had to come up with something for all the good ones. <laughs> Mark was amazing to work with. I would buy or sell again with him at a heartbeat. He patiently sent leads to us for over a six month period until we were in a position to move forward with selling and purchasing a new home. He took the time to truly understand what we were looking for. He made the process feel, uh, he made the process feel as simple as he possibly could. And he clearly answered any of my questions. He was professional and efficient. I trust Mark. And if I had a single sister, I would line them up. What do you think about that, Mom? Can I get your review of that review and and how you feel like that accurately describes your son? I think it describes him 100%. And if his sister um, and dad were on the phone, they would say the same thing. And um, he puts everyone first. He works so hard to ensure that everyone is taken care of. And not just in his line of work, but at home and um, with us as well. Uh, to even take it a step further, maybe not even in the same subject matter, but he'll even call grandma us to make sure we're doing okay. So, yeah, that's him. Is there, uh, this is like a really personal question to ask you on the first date, but I just, I have to ask. Um, it, okay. Is there a lot of people that try to set him up? Like he's, I feel like he's husband material through and through. And, and I'm sure that you get asked all the time. I, I think more than anything, I'm trying to see if that portion of the review was accurate in, in Mark's life. Cause I'm guessing yes, that it is. Right. Yeah. Well, I've tried to set him up with my sister-in-law. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead mom. I don't know. Go does ahead. does he get set up quite yeah. a bit? I'm going to embarrass him. I'm going to embarrass him, but yes, I oh, get the, no. uh, so is um, is your son seeing anyone? Or uh, now, how old is he again? And do you think he'll ever move back to? Oh yeah, I get this all the time. Yeah. I'm sure you're having to beat them off with uh, with baseball bats, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's not like that, but... <laughs> She's like... My she says, okay, hold on. I got to set yeah, some expectations here. There's she a goes, couple. There's a couple. There's a couple, but it ain't too many. Uh, 
too, but. So yeah, this is where Mark gets his honesty from, obviously, because she didn't want to get like, mo- uh, yeah, she didn't give you too much praise that you didn't deserve, huh? No, she's like, hey, no, let's slow yeah, it down a little bit. Yeah. Okay, there's not that that's many. Not a, yeah, not a good idea to do that. Well, here's the but, last question uh, of our segment that I'm just okay. dying to know. If you were looking to buy or sell a house, would you use Mark? Absolutely. So much so that um, we're in the process of possibly selling ours. And I, we just said the other day, like, if we could get Mark to do it, uh, and he's like, Mom, I'm not licensed in Texas. And I'm like, well, get licensed uh, because I know that he would work double to ensure that we got the most, but being fair. Um, so, absolutely. Well, do you, yeah. and this is another really personal question. Do you think that he does that because you're his mom or because you're his client? Because I think he does that for his clients, too. Oh, I know he does. Yeah, we love hearing his stories and um kind of oh, it's it's very selling sunset esque, huh? It's like, yeah, it's like what? his stories are very selling sunset esque. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. My mom's yeah. always like, "Wait, so it was which client for which house?" Okay, perfect. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. my and mom loves to hear all that. Details, and then I love when he posts pictures. Did you keep the stats at his baseball games growing up? No. She, okay. She was uh she kept a mental stat though at all time. I guarantee she could run you through no, what your on base no, percentage dude, one was. Time, one time, she was looking out at the field and she said, "Go, Mark." Oh, when no. it was my friend Nate. <laughs> <laughs> but we both shaved our heads so we looked the same. And my yeah, sister's and like, "My daughter said, yeah." She's like, "Mom, that's not Mark." I was like, "Oh, okay. Oh well, way to go, Nate." <laughs> Moving well, we, we appreciate you crushing our very first segment of mom's reviewing reviews. You were, you were amazing. And, and your son is a very, very good real estate agent. I've worked with him a couple of deals now and, and, and on my personal deals, yeah, and on your personal. And like, I, I, it's been very fun to see Mark within the transaction. Cause he's very much who he is outside of it. I would say. So we appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to real life now. Okay. Appreciate Bye, you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Babe. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye.